0: Happened last night. I was watching, I was watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy with my wife, and I don't even really like that show. However, there was a part and the music and the strings came in, and it got to me. It made me just be flooded with all of these other emotions, and it was more than I could bear. Music does that for me all the time. Oh, I'm Seth. This is the Can I Say This A Church podcast. So a few months ago. I was presented with an opportunity to listen to an album by Ryan Hood, and I didn't know what I was getting into. I'd never listened to their music before, and I really enjoyed it. And so I reached out, and I had him on the show. What I love about this conversation with both Cameron and Ryan is just, it's honest. I mean, we talk about music. We talk about ways of hearing and seeing God We talk about things that we're not supposed to talk about in church, and just the authenticity these two bring to their music is just so life-giving. Yeah. I can't wait for you to hear it, and so that's why we're going to begin now.
1: Green and Cameron Hood, two people, which is always fun to bounce back and forth, but we've established, at least for people that are listening to the pre-version of the show, that I am professional at this. I I never forget the video. I definitely don't miss any audio cues, and so um, it should be fine, but welcome to you both to the show. Thank
2: Thank you you very much. Yep. It's good to be with you, man.
1: Yeah. So just so that people listening that can't see your faces kind of know... if one of you could just say, hi, I'm this and here's who I am and kind of why I am like really existential, just get in it. That way they can kind of hear you drone on for a bit and realize, okay, the next time that person speaks, that's person whomever. You
3: you kick us off, Cameron.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. So
2: this is Cameron Hood, the hood part of Ryan Hood. Uh, Gosh, why? I, I mean, who we are? Like, I'll just tell you, we're, you know, we're, Two poets uh, like a two-man band basically who have been friends for a really long time uh very different people but maintained a friendship and maintained a band over lo- longer than 20 years uh we're from tucson arizona we lived for a while in boston massachusetts where ryan went to college and i eventually joined him when we both graduated college we started our band as street performers like buskers with the, mm. the guitar case open in boston and uh, that was many years ago. We've we've just maintained our friendship, maintained our ability to write songs together, and I think that we're we're getting better at it than ever. Um, why we are is a tricky question. That is such a, a <laughs> deep question to open with, but uh, at least for me, um, I want to. I'm committed to. To transformation of myself and hopefully uh, transformation of culture. Like I want to see myself grow and get over some of the the dark places, some of the the wounds, the things that hold me back, or you could say the sin. You know, I want to get over those and transform those in myself, and I want to document that through words and stories and songs to help other people do the same thing. The more of us who do that uh, the more I think we see the kingdom come like that. To me, that's a tangible thing. I want to help see the kingdom come and I want to be a part of that. That animates me. So that's why I am
3: Ryan green. All right. My name is Ryan green, sometimes known as Ryan, David green, when I want a little more uniqueness. Uh, (laughs) and I am the, uh, the tenor voiced half of this, uh, this podcast, I think I'm gonna be the easiest one to recognize in this call. If it sounds like this, it's one of the other guys. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, Cam- so Cameron told you kind of our story a little bit, but I uh, one of the things, uh, as far as who who we are, why we are, I actually I feel like the fact that we are a duo, creates uh, a really powerful thing because we perform typically just as a duo in front of people. And uh, Cameron and I really uh, prioritize our having a healthy relationship with one another. Um, And I think the fun and creativity and and the the spirit with which we interact with each other on stage uh, tends to invite um, sort of that spirit with. With the audience, with those at our show as well, kind of a uh, a leaning in towards each other, a trust, uh, a, a care for one another that is important for Cameron and I with one another, and important for um, for us to feel with our audiences and vice versa. And so, I anyway, I think that being a duo helps us to kind of model some uh, sorts of relational behavior, uh, and ideally. Uh, invite that to sort of spread through a room. And as far as individually, I just identify as really at, at my core as being a creator, um, a creator of things. And uh, often, uh, the, the things I'm most drawn to are the, the mysterious, intangible things, the feelings, um, the feelings that music that art gives me. Without words, even mm. Cameron and I. Uh, Cameron tends to be the lyricist of our group, and I tend to be sort of the uh, the maybe the producer and the lean heavier on the musical side of things. And that's because I just am so interested in why music and art makes us feel things, and why creating something makes us feel things. Uh, it feels like magic, and I love it. Mm. And that's mm. that. that
1: yeah so i always like to do this when there's stuff behind people because most people just have a row of books and i have barbies if you could see 17 inches below the camera <laughs> they're all over the floor <laughs> record this in the kids playroom um uh so ryan for you which one of those two guitars is the one that matters like if you had to just pick it up in the dark and play it you Assum- know what? assuming that the amp would work for both right. you know Little yeah. camera pan. No, only up those to the, two. Oh, it has to be the two. <laughs> They're on the couch. Obviously, those are the ones you I, like.
3: <laughs> they were well. You can see they were just above that spot there. The one above it on the wall means the most to me because it mm. was built by a woman here in Tucson who gifted it to me, and uh, and she was yeah that, that just blonde get,
2: acoustic back there. Yeah,
3: she was just mm. getting the hang of building acoustic guitars, uh, and she passed away shortly after. She actually mm. grew ill while building that guitar. She she got sick with cancer and she Mm. passed away from it shortly after finishing it and uh it's just my i love so there's a so much uh intangible wrapped up in that instrument and then there's all it also is my favorite uh sounding one that i've got and um but also just to like hold it and know that like this was what she poured when when her time was finite and she knew that this was what she chose to do uh this is what she went to for for joy and was to build this instrument and uh um it just feels so incredible to know that like these like no no hours could be more valuable that i yeah. can imagine than the hours those particular hours that were spent on that instrument and uh i just feel like it's just such a treasure so mm. so there is that there's a great joy in that one the the uh, the red one uh, is a new Takamine guitar I got that I love and it's uh that's that's my new uh my newest favorite because it's uh it's kind of made to play fast on and do and it's a little smaller body so I'm ready to when we can get back on stage I like I'm already practicing how I can kind (laughs) of move around with it and and, you know getting the (laughs) stage moves going it's it'll be fun so instead of a huge bulky one it's it's meant for you know, for some Springsteen uh, knee slides, I think.
1: <laughs> Cameron, 20 years. So you said you've been a band for 20 years, correct?
2: Yeah, we played our, our first show uh, 20 years ago this coming August. Mm. Uh, it was just a tiny little tiny little thing. Um, we, we were both in college at the time. We knew each other back in high school. Uh, but we didn't play in the same band. We were kind of in rival rock bands in high school, and then post high school, the the rivalry dissolved. We became friends and and started playing together, and, and it was just sort of a I don't want to say like a lark. It wasn't it wasn't uh, we weren't making fun of anything. It was just like this sounds joyful and easy to mm. play just the two of us. Could we because we'd both been in rock bands, and it's a hard thing to to manage a rock band. It's it's heavy in the sense of of managing all these personalities and it's also heavy carrying a lot of amps and drums. So yeah, we just got together. Like, what would it be like just the two of us to,
1: to, to just a lighter enterprise, I guess. So yeah.
2: 20 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at a high level, I wanted to talk about an album that, um, again, the young lady that set this up sent me. So I hope that that was fine. She gave me access to it ahead of time. I have no idea. Yeah. if yeah. Really? Right or not. Um, yeah. and then, um, So I also, I'm not good at writing lyrics. So Ryan, I get that. I I play guitar. I'm not very good. Matter of fact, it sounds like y'all have like four guitars playing. So I'm assuming you're looping over on top of yourself, which I don't know how you would do that live. Or is it just the two of you on the album? We, uh, it it is, yeah, there are some layers on the album. Um, There's a
3: string quartet on much of the album as well. Typically we do tour live, just the two of us. And so it's going to be, it's two primary guitar parts. So most everything in the record is going to have one or two primary guitars that are creating those that sound. And then yeah. we do some other percussion with our feet and things on stage too.
1: So this morning on the way to work, so I've been listening to the album for about a week because that's how long I've had it. Um, uh, I, I keep coming back to Appy Returns and it ends up being, uh, it ends up being the last thing that I hear before I get into work. Like once I drop the kids off and I hit play and I just yeah. let it go, that yep. seems to be where I end. Um, I'm curious as to why that has no lyrics. Cause I think it's the only one. Uh, unless yeah. I'm wrong. And then, um, I don't know, like, why is that there? Like what's actually, let me zoom back. Like, what is, what are you doing with this album? Cause I want to be real clear. I haven't listened to your older stuff because mm-hmm. I just haven't. Um, sure, yeah, that's so okay. what's going on with under the leaves. And then if you could dovetail back into that, like why no music, why no words? Um, why the reprieve specifically at like minute two, the entire tempo of the music kind of seems to shift as well, right at about minute two of Appy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we'll get there. So Under the Leaves, what is that? Feel free, whoever wants to jump in.
2: Yeah, to me, Under the Leaves is uh, is just a response to like the breakneck pace of, of life around us uh, over the last couple of years, our own touring schedule, the craziness of the world, uh, and then just sort of... Trying to take a step back and being like, I need to breathe. I need to find some quiet. I need to find some silence, with which to, to see the world and see myself clear. And so, within that space, there are a lot of uh, conversations about relationships. What happened in this relationship? How did I show up? And is that who I wanted to show up as? You know, um, what's happening in my relationships on Facebook and in the world, and how am I showing up there? Uh, and then it also kind of looks at like if we don't collectively stop and take a breath and know our own histories uh, and listen to our own stories, we're not going to be able to do that well to the stories of others. Like if we don't know our own stories, we don't really generally have space mm. to listen to the stories of others. Um, and if we don't do that, um, what what might the world look like if we don't pause and rest, if we don't take a, a, a uh excuse me, if we don't take a deep drink of water you know mm-hmm. what what will happen so to me that's kind of the the course of of what's happening on the record it's it's trying to find some space to breathe and then see ourselves and face ourselves and i think uh right there in the middle is just this like this jaunt this happy a- returns is just a there's so many lyrics on the album there's so many words uh that it's it's just such a welcome break from all of that from all of those thoughts all the philosophy all the words to just like go on this ride. And that's something that there's precedent for in our band. We have typically had at least one instrumental on most of our records, in some cases, two or three instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Um, just It's just a nice break. It's a nice break from the words. And my man, Ryan Green, can just fly. His fingers are very quick. And uh, we call him the maestro because he just burns up the neck of the guitar. And that's just a chance for him to do that and for us to feel something uh and not not say something but feel something i Mm -hmm. guess that would Mm -hmm. be my take ryan you want to add to that
3: yeah i mean that so specifically that's my goal with the whole sort of production of the album was that to make you know to feel something um to give you a musical bed that that matches lyrically um what is being said so there's there's more feeling on this record as a whole which is one of the reasons i wanted to work with a string quartet on this record i just feel like um the beauty of that and the the you know we're used to we're like programmed to be manipulated by by string quartets for by orchestral <laughs> or by strings it's like we watch a movie and it makes us feel we don't know why we're crying uh and you know if you've ever watched the movies when they with the where they mute the the background if you ever watch these scenes where they mute the music, that's yeah. there's nothing, you you don't feel anything. It yeah. it, you, it feels awkward. And uh, anyway, so it's it's an amazing thing uh, what it does. And I felt like it was really special to get to work with the string players we did on this record. So, the and that song Appy Returns specifically, I mean, so that's a, it's kind of a sequel to a song called Appy Jam from an older record of ours called um, The World Awaits. And uh, that song that instrumental happy jam had become kind of a crowd favorite it, it similarly works just like on the album having an instrumental moment works uh as a sort of a palate cleanser and a place to sit in some space and uh live it does the same thing and we tend to do a lot of storytelling live um there's there's a lot of they go pretty deep the shows go deep there's a lot of humor and laughing and there's also a lot of depth and sometimes after working people's emotions for a little while, the best thing you can do is just uh, say, all right, now for something completely different. And you you go in and and play a two guitar jam and people feel great. And uh, and it's as simple as that, you know, it's as simple as, as, as enjoying a little, uh, a little flying fingers for a couple minutes.
1: I itch to talk about religion if I go longer than fifteen, twenty minutes, and so I'm going to work a question in there for that. So, how does what you do um, in your church or in your, you know, your worship or whatever word you want to wrap around that, how does that inform kind of the way that you write music outside of the church? Because I don't think that you would be playing these really on a Sunday morning, Wednesday morning, Saturday morning, whatever morning it is that you do, your Zoom, your Zoom church, because that's the world that we live in, and people can tune in whenever they want. Like, how does the way that you practice faith kind of inform the way that y'all write music collaboratively or, or even individually?
2: That's interesting. Um, I think I might answer that by saying that one of the things that we, we try, we attempt to practice um, at the church that I go to, which is just like a non-denominational evangelical, something um, 200 to 300 people uh, is to, to walk through like the, the kind of liturgy each week, something, something mm-hmm. that bears a resemblance to God is holy. We are needy. Uh, Jesus redeems us. And then we are sent uh, or another way of looking at it would be like, we're gathered in, um, we hear the word. We sit at the table, and then we're sent out. You know, something like that. There's, there's, those are not the only ways to talk about that. Not the only ways the church has traditionally broken that up. But the idea there being that that some form like that every week slowly forms us over time. That that's a part of spiritual formation over time. Mm-hmm. I I heard this really great quote. I can't remember who it's from, uh, but it basically the person was saying that we overestimate what we can accomplish in one really great worship service. Even if we have the best songs and we got to the soaring heights and everyone was crying and everyone had you know, emotions and the prayers were prayed, we overemphasize what we can accomplish during one service, but we underemphasize what we can accomplish in 10 years of services, just, just a basic form. So there's, to me, what I'm taking from all that is that storytelling works on us over time. Um, so just the presentation of of what, it, what all this is and where we fit in all of this and what we need to be able to move forward and how we're sent into the world. Um, hopefully as new people just rehearsing that piece by piece over time, that's, I guess what, what we try to do. And, um, those are similar themes to what I think about, um, as a band, I, I, I care a lot about, how an album tells a story and i know that the album form is kind of going away Mm. Uh, we're a lot more in a single uh, music culture right now and that's okay too Uh, but i still care a lot about the the rise and fall and and how you find your footing and how you might open up over the course of an album And so I'm always meticulous about sequencing songs in certain places, like we were sequencing this album under the leaves. And there was one song where I was like, man, this song can't, Ryan wanted to put it at a certain spot on the record for like the musical rise and fall, because he's thinking a lot about how is it moving me? Mm -hmm. I think, Uh, you know, as the album goes on, how is it moving my, my experience, my emotions? But I'm like, this song can't go that late on the album because it's an immature song. Like it, Which song it needs is this? to be, a, that's a song called uh, Gone Before I Go. Hmm. And uh, and it, it ended up being the song that opens the second half of the album, but it was a couple of songs later originally. And it's just a song of kind of running away, like thinking that it will be better somewhere else. But the song that uh, that ends up following it is this really deep song that that Ryan wrote called Not Alone, uh, that talks about really digging into our childhoods and our history and, and you know figuring out how to have really deep roots, uh, and, and heal from, so it, it doesn't make any sense to follow that with this sort of flighty relationship song about (laughs) running away and thinking, oh, it'll be better somewhere else, you know? So that's how, (laughs) that's how it works on me is I, I want there to be this progression as you listen through time and time again, that slowly it's working on you, this, this progression
1: through the songs. Yeah. What do you want to say? I can see your mouth moving. Yeah, I was stuck. gonna say.
3: I mean, we. This it's funny because we go through this with every. You know, whenever we build a set list for any show, it's very similar. I'm building this arc, this emotional arc, that again, mostly dealing with 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 the the sort of rise and fall and crescendos of musical nature, and uh, and and th- then he will say like, ah, these. You know the message of these two should go. He's thinking purely the lyrical message. I'm thinking of the way the songs will flow, or the way the keys will go from one another. We just Mm -hmm. did three upbeat songs, so we can do a down song, but we shouldn't do three in a row. And it's it's great that we we uh, view them in through different lenses. And he's he's got these sort of uh, you know analytical lyrical approach to to make that story work. He's like, what if if we put these two songs next to each other? This song will be the you know sort of the the punchline the other song needs. so it's it's yeah. it's great. Have you ever tried it? Tried to write it all down When there's something inside of you And you can't get it out It's like living and dying At the very same time You don't want to come out But you know you can
1: I get that. I get both parts of that. Actually, one of my favorite albums, and the name is escaping me at the moment, Um, but um, The Brilliance. Are you familiar with the band The Brilliance? Yeah, yeah. David Gunger's band. Yeah, he has an album, and it's like blue, and it's like a moon, and I, I could look it up yes. at the moment. Yes. But it uh, is, like you literally just sit there and hit play, and then you don't do anything. Like you just listen, and it's absolutely wonderful. Andy Squire's new album is a lot like that as well. I don't know if you've heard his new album. It's 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 brilliant no um, no
2: i th- i do think you're thinking of uh, all is not lost though does that sound right but it is right all yeah. is not lost yeah
1: yeah the one uh, before whatever album. they did with the green album that's out right now i don't know what's happening there i'm not feeling that one but that's okay david can do what he wants to do because <laughs> you know, right right it's my, his it's his I, music
3: my uh my grandpa's a musician who who i kind of inherited my love and interest for music for and that that bass that was on my wall is his bass and uh when he heard he about our new CD. He he wrote back and said he emailed me and said, "I'm trying to think of how to describe your latest CD. It's remarkable, but it goes beyond that. By the time I was listening to the final two tracks, I think I was somewhere else, and that I, I had to get back to reality when it was finished. Mm. And I was like, I was so because he's it. a big band musician. Mm-hmm. He's a he comes from a different era. He does he's he plays in Dixieland jazz groups and writes for big bands. So you know, acoustic pop rock is is not." His his forte and I just love that it like that it did it I I was I've never heard commentary he's always encouraging but I've never gotten that kind of feedback from mm. him so that's when you guys are talking about being you know an album that you can get lost in I'm I was pretty pretty uh, happy to hear
1: that oh yeah yeah those are my those are my favorites um abs, yeah. absolute favorite another he's he's actually let me use his music on the show in the past Heath McNeese is an artist that does that but he makes me mm. laugh because sometimes he'll do the same album but one will be rap and one will be like acoustic singer songwriter, um, he actually yeah. did one that's on all inspired by C.S. Lewis, but he like weaves his family story into it. I don't know. It's actually really. It's really good. Um, <laughs> I can, sounds, I can send it squarely up my alley. <laughs> I can send it to you. Um, Like yeah, like I think it's called like the problem of pain. Is but it's it's basically based upon all of the works of C.S. Lewis. But he's like telling stories about his grandfather. Anyway, we're here to talk about your stuff, not that. I'll send <laughs> we it. We can to talk you. about
2: C.S. Lewis, man. That, that sounds <laughs> um,
1: awesome. Uh, I'll send it to you. Um, I'll have to get your your direct emails. I can. It's. It's everywhere. It's on all the places. So I don't sure. remember the name of the song. Um, there's a lyric. Actually, I do know. It. It's so in morning break. There's a lyric in here, um, and I'm gonna try to read it my handwriting here. So and all the tears I thought were wasted, watered down below till a garden. Yeah, From read the my, f- There we go. From I can't the read my handwriting began to grow. Yeah who wrote that? What is this song about? Like, and specifically like rip apart that lyric because Ryan, you said you didn't write lyrics and then Cameron just said you wrote an entire song. So I feel like you lied to me, but that's okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's, listen, Primarily we break all the rules in our band, but, but it's, it's like an 80, 20 split.
2: Right. And here's the deal. I've written a good melody in my time and Ryan has written some beautiful lyrics in his time. So it's, mm. I think we both have, uh, have, have, skill and and, but we we certainly work one muscle more than the other yeah for that song for morning breaking um that was written as a response to there's kind of a a breakup pop song early on the record called uh i didn't have the chance Mm -hmm. and um it's just a song of kind of going there was somebody that that really mattered to me and i i let it slip away i didn't speak up in time i didn't i don't know if i had the courage to speak up in time or if i should have i don't know if i did the right thing but it slipped away and I kind of look back and I'm like, maybe if this, maybe if this, maybe, and then it's all just too many maybes. And we were, we were working on that song writing. And I think I was sitting at the piano and playing it. Um, and the, the last chord was sort of ringing out from it. And it's just, it's just such a song of, of regret, um, that I didn't really know where to go from there. But I, I think just feeling that sense of regret, I just sort of started pounding the keys. I'm not a great piano player, but it just, pounding easy chords uh, over and over and this melody you know this this high vocal melody kind of came out and this longing this like i just longing to shake off regret or longing to shake off shame longing to shake off the fear that those things that just seem to stick around right and so i just wrote from that perspective and and the the first lyrics are wide awake, the morning breaking night, I'm shaking off. My eyes are wide; they've been in months. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I need that in my life. I need this. Like I, from a place, like I wasn't fully there yet, hmm. but I was imagining it was built of a vision. And so uh, I kept going, it's the weight of my makes had fallen from my hands, like scattered seed behind me as I ran and all the tears i thought were wasted watered down below till a garden from the grave began to grow now through the fields and through the forest onto unknown lands i learned to love the traveler as i am so that i'll be ready to love when i have dance and so those are the the complete lyrics to that tune and me it was this idea that all the things i come wrong the relationships that didn't turn out that I thought they should, or who I thought I was supposed to be always just all those things feel like failure. And the idea of like waking up from a being like all of those things, all of that weight fell off of me, but it didn't just like, it didn't just fall like a back, like a, you know, a pilgrim's sort of, you know, with the back, it, it all came out as these seeds. Every one of those things planted a seed, uh, in my life. and i love the image that all the tears i thought were wasted were the very things that were watering those things right Right. all the times i thought this doesn't make any sense i don't know how to move forward from this uh every time i pray about this particular situation it gets harder Hmm. and not easier you know and i don't know how to how to look at that and and it's only ever years later that you look back and you go, this is how I grew from that, or this thing caused this thing. And it was the most important thing that could have happened to me, but you only ever get to see it later, I think. And so it's just trying to own those, those things, the hard things, bringing those all in together, uh, and saying that where I thought it was just ashes, just a, just a grave, just brokenness. Those are the very places that, that, the garden grows from those are the very places that new life can come from
1: yeah is this the same song i don't have all the 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 songs at least the order memorized because i hit on random usually there's a song and 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 the reason i asked this ryan is because you had talked about how important the the melody is and the rise and fall and etc there's a song in here that the piano literally sounds off tune is it this song is is it this one or is it the last (laughs) It's either it this one or this the next one. to last one on the album. I think it's one of them. This those is the
3: main piano song on the album, right? I mean, if you're talking about piano...
1: There's um, one of them, like at the beginning, it sounds like someone's slamming on it. But the piano yes. itself sounds like a 30-year-old piano that's just been in the yes, basement yeah. for yes, a while. Yes, um, yes, yes. That grabs my attention. So why, for Melody needing so much, like why leave that, like there's this tension there, like there's just discord there. <laughs> Like
3: part of part of that tension is is actually just the the chords. Cameron's playing on the piano. He's 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 got this really dense right hand chord, and he's changing the bass notes through it. But it's there's all these very close notes to one another. You know, the a, a five second music theory lesson for me who's not into it is that normally <laughs> your your notes in a chord are two keys. There's an empty white key between the other notes. You don't usually play two notes right next to each other, or you get a lot of dissonance um unless you want that dissonance and there's a lot of dissonance in those chords and um so i think part of it is, is maybe the piano in the room itself and the distance you know it's it's mic'd from far away so you're getting this big sound mm-hmm. um it's i think it's just the angst it's just a picture when you hear him first come in singing you hear him pounding the piano and then his first note it's written it's like one of the highest vocals cameron's ever sung on our record uh uh, very top of his range. We, we, we actually recorded it low. We lowered the key initially, or he demoed it up in that height. And then we lowered it thinking like, well, let's let's put it in a more reasonable key for you. Mm -hmm. And we ended up going back to it. It's like, it needs the pain. It needs the like yearning. It needs the, the effort required to be up there. So yeah,
1: you both lead worship from what you said earlier. I have songs as well that I'm like, no, if you ask me to sing this on Sunday, I'm not singing this song. Tired of this song, it's not happening, has nothing to do with the album. But I'm wondering, like, you show up and you're like, absolutely not, not uh,
0: happening. I,
2: it's hard. I have so many of those, but I don't want to like go on the record throwing shade at other, <laughs> no, at, other, no way. at other artists. It's too hard. It's like, here's the thing it's, I definitely have my opinions, but I just have it, it to me. It's like a spiritual practice to like. To like say good things about things, you know, and uh, and so I I, I guess I'm sort of throwing you under the bus right now Seth, so, for asking so, that, you know, what? making so, you look bad, So but. for
1: me, no, it's fine. I'll own it because I've I've literally. So there's two. There's Mary. Did you know? I'm not gonna sing it. I hate that song, Um, ever, ever. Um, and then second is trading my sorrows. I can't stand it. Hate I can't, this. I, can't I can't see look at you did it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I did it. You, you did it, Seth. You did but, it. But that's it. There's a few others. There's another one that they like to have thing called Come to the Water, which requires like an eighteen piece band, which we don't have. And yeah. it sounds awful. Um yeah. whatever.
3: I mean, I'm guilty generally of like being I, I am going to be, it. it's hard, you know, even our our favorite songs of all time, like, remember how amazing Clocks by Coldplay was the first 70 times you heard it probably. It was like <laughs> amazing for a lot of times. And it's, a, it's really unfortunate that like, that it becomes, sometimes things become less amazing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, maybe you might think a song is not amazing right away, but there's even, there's worship songs that I have, used to think were amazing. And then I, you know, I want to feel, I want, I want to be stirred. And so I'm like... I'm just often looking for songs with that unusual with the the flat seven chord to put it in the mixolydian mode instead of the major mode, or or, some, or it's got the the minor five chord to do the same thing. You know, "Dwell" this old vineyard song, d- "Dwell in the midst of us." Three chords the whole time, but it's the the G, I don't remember what key it's in. I'll say it's G to D minor to C or something like that. It's mm. it's that D minor. It's the the five chord is minor instead of major, and it's like that's I'm drawn to that. This is there's positive revolu- resolution, it's landing on a major chord, but it's got that slightly like unusual thing there, which to me reflects life on earth. Yeah. I <laughs> and, know, uh, I know yeah. often
1: I think all you have to do to make people extra move though, is you just put the D synthesizer pad playing in the back and just let that play the whole time. Cause most songs on Sunday, you could just stick with D and you're fine with it. You don't even need to move it. Um, at least the songs that we play.
3: I mean, I'll say that. Here's what this makes me think of: is just the like. This is a really hard question, and I know people who have struggled, who who have, who are question, have questioned their faith, or going, to, they start realizing like, was I just feeling something in worship because of the, because music makes us feel these things, you know? Was I not like I I felt like I was having I, I've. Am I feeling an actual connection to God? And actually, is my heart really crying out and connecting, or is it a manipulation of the chemicals in my brain through these chords? Both and you know, by using mm-hmm. the 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 play chords and the and the if you're in a big church, the lights and the mm-hmm. um, in the in the fog and stuff. Um, it's that's those are those are hard questions. And did yeah. you say both and?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I often um. So my my favorite scripture for creation, going back to C.S. Lewis, Cameron is when in Narnia, like Aslan is singing creation into being, like it's just a beautiful retelling of Genesis, but it's just like it's just wonderful, like the way that it comes in and anyway. Layers on top yeah. of itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to end with two existential questions for each of you, and and you can take it in any way that you want. The first one will, is a new question because I've, I've I've asked the same question of everyone for the longest time, and I I'm still going to ask that because I really enjoy it. But I'm curious. I would like to actually begin playing on the name of the show. What do you feel like each of you are the things that the one thing that you're like? Yeah, people need to be allowed to say this in church, and that would maybe help the church be a bit more healthy as we try to be more healthy because there's a lot of i would argue a lot of toxicity and pain i saw the new the new research came out today that like the amount of church attendance and people that say that they're followers of any christian faith is like at an all-time low like it actually like shattered records today i have the news article up on my phone like yeah. legitimately happened today so what do you think is one thing that you're like yeah if we would allow people to voice this it maybe would would that's what we should be doing, sitting with that.
2: Mm. Yeah. What do we need to be able to say at church? Um, I, I suppose I need to be able to say at church that I love Rob Bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, he's someone who's so criticized and, and for, you know, there's so many reasons, but I can tell you that I wouldn't be a Christian without Rob Bell. Mm. I mean, I grew up in the church. Um And, uh, I had all that faith and I had all the ways that I thought that it was supposed to work and, and all the prayers and everything. And it just, it just wasn't sort of working. And I was trying to prove it to myself using the Bible and struggling with inerrancy. And, you know, a lot of the themes that you talk about in this podcast, you know, uh, how we read it and how much we need it to be exactly true and the, the, the firm foundation and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and Rob Bell just gave me a different way to read it it wasn't even he didn't say there was one new way to read it it was just he basically said can we have a conversation about new ways of reading this do you think there might be different strands throughout history of ways that people have talked about this including hell uh, including women Um, could we talk about some of these things and find precedence in in the church for these things and it was a resounding no a hundred percent, we can't talk about this at church yeah. and you're gone. Mm-hmm. And that just grieves me because that just tells it's, it just sends a message. Like we're, we're not honest here. that's, church is not a place mm-hmm. that we're honest about things that we're afraid of. It's not a place where we can critically, um, address issues about the scripture it's a place where we're we're rehearsing you know and that there's a good part for that that's what i was talking about earlier with Mm -hmm. spiritual formation there's a good Mm -hmm. rehearsal to all of that but it's basically saying this is not really a place for questions it's not really a place for conversation and so everyone who's sitting out there quietly just just absorbs that. This is not a place where we really ask questions about things. And that, that just bums me out because if we believe this is ultimate truth, right? If this is the most true thing that there could possibly be, then, then pummel it with every possible question, you know, and it should hold up. But we, I think we, we approach it from such a, a a more scared, fragile place than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so maybe that that would be my that's answer that's
1: good it's good you you started preaching there and i'm fine with that i like that i like that, I'm fine with that. dude i could preach
3: <laughs> i think yeah i mean I, it's similar to what you're saying i think the things that come up for me is i think gosh what how about being able to say i don't know you know mm-hmm. i'm not sure uh like you're talking, let's have a conversation about it. Let's, let's think about this. Maybe that sort of, it's a dark pressure to always have to know. Mm. And also I feel like what you're what Cameron was saying, the other thing that comes to mind for me is just how much fear there can be. Like why? I, I basically am in agreement of that. Like if this is, if, if this is true, if there is a great truth, then whom then shall I fear? What shall I fear? Like, what what fear does there need to be? Why do we need to be afraid of anything, yeah. of anything, to be yeah. honest, of anything? So there's so many things that that many that churches are afraid of. And I just feel like, why are we afraid of that? Why are we afraid to look at this or to talk to this person? Or I, I just, I, I, I feel like, I don't know how to articulate it any better than that. I can't. I can't preach like Cameron. But uh, <laughs> well, that's what I'll well, say. well,
1: I'm gonna stay with you because this is. Um, you referenced. Have either of you listened to the show in the past? It's okay if you have or if you yeah. haven't. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, then, man, you've had some, I, you've
3: had I some have, heavy I have. I not dug show. into it. Yet. Cam- Cameron is is. <laughs> I'm like. Uh, I'm listening to instrumental guitar shred music on my iPod while, uh, while Cameron's listening to <laughs> Right, to and I'm like, whoa,
2: Seth did. had
1: Dan Koch. Wow,
2: awesome. Brian <laughs> right. McLaren. And
1: Dan he right? Dan's you know. a smart guy. Dan's a smart yeah. guy. Brian's all right. Um, no, I'm kidding. Brian's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Ryan, I'll just stay with you. So when you try to wrap words around what it is when you say what God is, like, what is that? And then, Cameron, I'm going to ask you the same question in a moment. Like, how do you, what do you say to that?
3: I mean, I, what I love about my perception of God is that God is, is everything. God is the big bang. God, God is like anything that, it's like the answer to everything, you know, it's the, it's the explanation for everything in the, the, uh, I, I don't know how to, how to, hmm, I've already kind of said it all, I guess, but that's. What I feel like is that God is um, creation. The I, every time I learn anything scientific or medical or like, I'm just like, what? Hmm. The universe expand, is expanding at what rate? Like, what is going on? God <laughs> still expanding? Like, uh, or or the I mean, I or the, or the this can be this is what maybe the Big Bang started from this or that, and it's just all like I I can't not always turn to god and go whoa what like how you know i, I have no idea um but i and, and so my connection my the little bit of i think creating uh it feels beautiful to be a creator in a world where we're in a universe where mm. god is still creating maybe creation is the word i would say god is you know
1: yeah mm. i like it cameron my first thought was like we're so
2: unqualified to, <laughs> to answer this question. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't just mean Ryan and I, I mean like the three of us and like any of us, it's I mean, but yeah, humankind. I don't know. I, um, I guess that, you know, the right answer is the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, you mm, know, Exodus. the right answer is yeah. God is, uh, is our refuge and our strength. The right answer is the Lord is our light and our salvation. Um, and the right answer is that God is love, you know, and I, mm. I, 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 those are important. I don't mean to throw those under the bus. I, I love what you're, what it seems like you're doing here with this podcast, which you're not throwing out all the, all the babies with the bathwater, you know, there's just so much like good babies. here. There's, yeah, we got <laughs> we, we to hold on to those babies uh, because there's so much good and so much truth. But I, I, I think it's like there's just a bajillion ways of trying to talk about it because you can't quite pin it down and and you you couldn't you shouldn't be able to if you Mm -hmm. ever go this is what god is you you have you probably don't have it because it it has to be bigger it has to be a higher power you know it's I, i love this idea that um from peter rollins where he talks about uh a lot of us, for a lot of us, God is just a projection of like our parents or something that we hope for the best version of ourselves. He's like, yeah, that that's true. And that's true for a certain part of our development. But another part of our development is that God is a projectile, literally the things that, that comes in and destroys the last thing that you thought you knew. And you had it, you had it all figured out about God. God is this God, is, you know, mm. God will literally come in and just break that apart and force you into the next place, the next understanding, the next. And I hate that when that happens, man. I hate it more than anything. It's fun to talk about on a podcast, but like, I always feel lost. I feel, you know, we have this, um, the first song on, on the album under the leaves is the song under the leaves. And that's really, to me, that's a song to God, like the whole time. Um, and it, it, just is like, it's talking about God, like, a like a wind that, that's like rustling under the leaves. And you're like, there's something there and I don't know how I could grab it. I just feel like I need to be here for it. I need to kind of breathe it in. I need to get quiet enough to listen to. And, and I need to, um, I, it, well, let me think what it says. It's like, um, at morning I'm waiting, at evening I sing, at midnight I need you in moments between, in movements I'm making, in thoughts I don't speak, in ways you've been breaking my statues to me. So that's the projectile idea, right? Every idea that I have of myself, God is happy Mm -hmm. to just sort of kind of knock over. And it's just like somewhere under the leaves. It's somewhere under my breathing. And uh, so I don't know. It's just that thing that you can't ever quite catch, but you're like, it's there. And I somehow feel like it's helping me. I somehow feel like it's pulling me forward into something good. I somehow feel like that thing wants the world to be a little bit more loving. I somehow feel like, that thing wants people to be fairer to each other and to not hurt kids and to not mistreat other races, people who are not like us and to not subjugate women. I somehow feel like it's pulling me into something better, but I'm definitely going to kick and scream the Mm. whole way.
1: Mm. Are you familiar? You're talking about like a a projectile, like breaking things. Are you familiar with like a Japanese practice called kensugi?
2: ah, I've heard of this. Can you tell me about this?
1: So it's one of the ways that I like to view God. It's actually, I've been, I've been wrestling with a few artistic expressions of God, like taking art and being like, that feels like God to me. One of them is kintsugi though. So basically it's like when you take pottery or pottery that's been damaged, like a vessel that's been damaged and you let it finish being broken and those pieces lie where they are and then you bring it back together, but like you knit it back together with like precious metals, like gold or silver Or something Mm -hmm. like that and so when it when it's formed and fashioned and back together it's literally stronger than it was when it began because that's how welds work but it's also beautiful like it's literally like at the seams bursting with precious metals and it's just like radiant and wonderful and amazing and i often think sometimes that that's like an attribute of god like like this was this and it was good when it was that and now it's this and look at these seams Look at the look how pretty these seams are. Look what we've yeah. done. Look what we've done together.
2: It's yeah. in like the very patterns that the gold is following are the places where it's broken, right? Yeah. So that's like yeah. all the tears I thought were wasted. Yeah. You know, all the all the places that we would rather avoid end up making the pattern the beautiful yeah. shapes and patterns.
1: Yeah. So I have no idea when the album's out. It might already be out now. I don't think it is.
3: Uh, it's clo- soon, April sixteenth.
1: Okay. So I i also don't know exactly when this episode will release so let's just pretend that the album is out where did like (laughs) what is the best way in the world that we live in covid wise now to support y'all to listen to the album like where should people go and go here's how i can help yeah do yeah yeah
3: yeah jump on to i mean so we're ryan hood it's like robin hood but ryan hood one word you just go to (laughs) ryanhood.com and get it there and uh and that's the best way. And we'll 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 send you a, a record or a or a CD. The cool thing about this this album is that we made a book that goes with. It's a large book full of art and full of essays and stories about all the songs. And so that's a uh, if you're a streamer, uh, want to stream the album, grab the book and and sit in your lounge chair and uh, and read through the. Uh, the the lyrics and the stories behind the songs while you do that it's a, a great way to take it in and the 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 even bigger way to su- you can support us which we all know about patreon here in this uh podcast is we've got a, a patreon as well and we uh we've been having a blast every sunday we do a, a a live zoom hang uh half hour hangout which they run an hour they're never a half hour but we it, it doesn't have the alliteration or it sounded better with half hour hangout and get to sort of connect in person with people and uh and and tell stories and share things on that that platform. So yeah,
1: yeah. Well, good. Thank you to you both for your evening tonight, and I really I, I thanks for sending me the album. I've enjoyed listening to it. I'll continue to. Thanks enjoy for listening to, listening to it. it. Yeah, and
3: thanks yeah. for starting with the uh, with the uh, instrumental guitar jam. That's that's my love language right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it felt out of place to me. I'm like, why is it? There's no. Where, I kept so it like at like a minute and a half. I was like, all right. So somebody's gonna start singing. And then we got to two like at, at two minutes, like literally the tempo changes. Like I forget, it's like 158, 201. Like literally the song yeah. changes. Um, yeah. and I was like, huh. And then it's always right about then. I'm like, well, I gotta go to work. Turn it off and, <laughs> and yeah.
3: Well, see now I'm realizing I misinterpreted. I, I thought that that it was it was perhaps your favorite, but now I'm just sensing no, it maybe no. made you uncomfortable. No, <laughs> but no. that's okay too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay to be uncomfortable. Um but no, it's 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 a fun jam. It does infuriate me because I can't play the way that either of you play i don't have no idea who's playing on either of those um i'm i'm a decent guitarist but i am by no means a guitarist i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> in, in quotes yeah. yeah 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 so but good um really appreciate you both coming on i enjoyed it
3: thank you Seth. thanks for, your, time,
2: thanks for your yeah thanks for having us thanks for opening and closing with such big questions it's <laughs> unlike any interview that we've had yet
0: It for this week that is the show thank you so very much for listening now i also want to thank andrew harks for becoming the newest patron of the show people like him are amazing and make the show go so if you can if you're able join him right over there and uh, you can find links for that in the show notes very special thanks to ryan hood for allowing me to use their music in this week's episode and you should go and listen to that It's been a while since I added music, but there's still that playlist for all of the music that's ever been featured on the show. And today's tracks are added to that. Also, today's tracks are added to that. Now, a couple quick programming things. We're coming close to the end of my children's school year. And last year, I did something that was very healthy. For me, at least. And I went to an every other form of... Releases and, and I re release different things in between and etc. So there will still be weekly releases starting probably in June for the summer, there or at least the summer break, but they will not be always what you're expecting. And so bear with me for the summer, but I think it's really important that we all take a rest sometimes. And so, with that said. If you can, support the show any way that you can. Huge thank you to Cameron and Ryan for their music and for their conversation today. I pray that you're blessed, that you're well, that things are better this year than they were last year. And we'll talk next week.